0: Inspiration now in session. Inspire God's people, inspire God's people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People. Music can't save the world. I feel like sometimes that's a statement that needs to be said. Because you know what? Music is everywhere in this world. You know, you got all type of artists and people on TV. You got underground. You got mainstream and hip-hop and country and... You got all these TV shows with artists, artists get endorsement deals. It's like music is literally all around us. And that's so influential because music is a powerful tool, but it cannot save the world. Why do I feel the need to say that music can't save the world? Well, because if music could save the world, it would be our savior. Think about that. So I think it's important to establish the fact that, yes, music is powerful. Many people enjoy it. But let's, you know, keep it at the level it belongs at and let everybody know that it ain't saving nobody. And I think one of the reasons that things are a little out of whack right now when it comes to, like, idol worship is because music has been put on this plateau in like this pedestal, that's really the word I was looking for. Music has been put on this pedestal, and it's like, oh, I wanna be like this artist, and oh, I love you! Like, and it's like the artist's like, I love you too, baby, I love you. It's like, he doesn't love you. This is a parasocial relationship. Music in the mainstream industry, like, that we live in, it promotes So many dangerous behaviors and ideologies that is actually scary, low-key. Like, I'm just being real with y'all. It's low-key scary because we are conditioned and trained to be fans from a very young age. And I really think that as believers, we need to be careful who and what we become a fan of. Let's think about it. I mean, just practically. Like, I'm not even trying to get super deep. I'm really just trying to surf on the surface of this thing. You know what I'm saying? Surf- surface? Ah. Is that why it's called surfing? I'm sorry. I just Lavelle should have been here for a a deep conversation. You know, he'll be on the show later today. But man, that was a moment. Lavelle, you missed out, my brother. Anyway, I'm keeping this really surface, believe it or not, whatever you allow yourself to become a fan of, you give that thing some level of influence over you. And let's just be real. Like we act different when we're a fan of something. Like you, you act weird. You get weird. It's like you are not even, you no more because you a fan of this person or this team. Like when I go to stadiums, right? I love going to games. I go to, you know, as many games as I can throughout the year. Not a whole lot, but at least a couple times a year. And what always amazes me is how adults just do weird stuff. I think I talked about that before on a previous show, like how, like, you get an adult in the stadium, it's like this somebody daddy and his face painted. Like, what's wrong with you, Johnny? I've never seen you act like this before. It's because you allowed yourself to become a fan of this team, and now you crazy. And so what am I saying? I'm talking about being a fan? (laughs) I can't be a fan, Jermaine. Listen, don't take anything I'm saying and get all extreme with it. But at the same time, I would rather you not ignore it. I mean, you could ignore it. I would rather you not, you know what I'm saying, if you want me to be real with you. But at the end of the day, all I'm saying is like, when you become a fan of something, then it's almost like we can go into like a zombie-like mode. All right, let me just make this point. Athletes and celebrities literally make millions of dollars for endorsements. So you got to ask yourself, why would a person be paid millions of dollars to tell you what type of toothpaste to buy? Like, I use such and such. Now, I ain't saying a toothpaste name. You know what I'm saying? They ain't paying me nothing for a sponsorship, man. I ain't saying none of these companies. I'm just joking, over-exaggerating. I ain't all the way joking. I'm kind of for real and kind of playing. I'm really not about to say the name of the toothpaste. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, why would they pay this man millions of dollars to tell you what type of toothpaste to uh, use? When you can go in the store yourself and just see the toothpaste, you know why? Because they know that that celebrity has influence. And they're literally paying them because there are fans that will literally go use the toothpaste just because that person said they use it. That's why I talk about business on this show. Honestly, sometimes I'm trying to break some of the mental cycles and like just get us to think about things before we move and act on them out of our emotions and out of our fandom for things. It's like we just go in about things without even thinking about it. Now you are using this toothpaste because you you, you didn't saw this commercial. Or think about why does a Super Bowl commercial cost so much money. It's millions of dollars for a 30-second ad for the Super Bowl. Why? Because that's like the most-watched event every year. Like, it's over 115, 120 million people that watch it, and they know along with that, look, this is a lot of influence. We have a lot of fans watching this show. We can program and condition them to do things that we want them to do. We could tell them what kind of uh, drinks to drink, what type of cars to drive, you know, what type of shoes to wear. And this is all because we are fans of things. At the end of the day, what are you saying, my brother? What I'm saying, what I'm saying is this. As the world progresses and gets, you know, darker, you know, day by day, progressively gets darker. That's what I was trying to say. As this happens, then I'm noticing that the things that we are being influenced to do are getting a little worse and worse. So it's no longer just simply, oh, I'm a fan of such and such, so I wear these type of shoes or I use this type of toothpaste. No, it's like I'm a fan of such and such, and now they're telling me, you know, how I should raise my kid or how I should think about the Bible or religion. And so... Now, just because I'm a fan, now I'm vulnerable to go against the will of God. I'm vulnerable to go against the Bible in things that are doctrinal and uh, theological. Can I talk or I can't talk? Can you talk, talk? Jermaine? You You have a talk show, brother. You You need to learn how to talk. Anyway, I had to go off on myself real quick, coach myself up. You can do this, buddy. You were made and created. For this, you were made in His image. Ooh, yeah, buddy. Anyway, be careful what you become a fan of, and just know, music, music can't, can't say, say the, the world. world.
1: Thank you. It's time to go what are you doing here? to another. Finally got a theme song, y'all. Woo. Jay Will. Ooh, man. He, oh man! Oh my God, man! That, that theme music is like the best on the show.
0: Don't test me. Like, <laughs> <I, laughs> I'm. It took a lot for me to give you your own theme music. You know that. Oh man, that was.
1: I mean, you could have got like maybe a Todd Delaney or a Darius James. You know, the what, guy that was singing was—he was pretty good. He was all right, but you're—you're
0: you're less than all right. <laughs> um, Darius, you can't afford him for your theme song. <laughs> and I don't know Todd, so
2: gotcha. You, got
0: you. Um, what's <laughs> up, man? What you got for me today? You got your own theme song. It's—it's it's you now. I'm making you a part of the show. Now you quiet. What, what's up? Right.
1: right. <laughs> You know you you know how you be waiting on something and then you get in and you be like, uh... right that's it. Wow. Okay, well you know what, let's go to let's another level. All right. Did you like? That? Oh my god, that was awesome! <laughs> All right, so uh, this actually is something that happened while we were together. We were riding in the car and um, I believe your wife was talking about she had to go back to you all's old house, uh, for something and she just realized how much smaller the house looked yeah and it reminded me of back in back in 2015 when i did my first play my my i'm sorry my first play that i wrote directed and produced
0: right because we know you've been doing plays for yeah, very 20 much. years
1: <laughs> right um issues of blood lavelle neal's issues of blood and uh, you can learn more about that at www.neildownproductions.com. That's N-E-A-L downproductions.com. I threw a little commercial in there. But uh
0: You're gonna pay for that too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I remember that I, I went back to my old high school. We did the play in October of 2015. And earlier that year, um maybe in March or so, we went I went up to Southeastern High School. Which ironically is where I started acting, hmm. and interesting. We'll talk about that on another show. Acting but, uh, crazy, yeah, right. But I went back up there, and you got to remember, I graduated back in '92.
0: Wow, you just gonna drop your age? On I 100. did. I did I, I hesitated at first, on but head. I was like, you know what? Own I, it, brother.
1: Right. <laughs> but um, yeah. So to go back up to the school twenty something years later, I looked at the lock. And I remember looking at how small they looked.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: And I just was sitting there like, wow. And I mentioned to you in the car, and uh, I, I said, you know, it's amazing how, you know, when you go back to your old high school and how everything looks smaller. Right. And you said something. You said they look smaller, but they're not smaller. They're the same size. But. The reason the perspective changes is because you grew. Woo. Yeah. you, you That was good, heavy right you there. You had a good bro. one there. You Go did ahead. have a good one there. <laughs> and I just was thinking about that. Like things in our lives change. Right. But the question is, are we growing in those things?
0: Man, that's a deep conversation. You know, when you brought that up in the car, you know, it was just kind of a random conversation. But it's so fitting when you really think about, like, just life in general. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm a huge advocate for growth. Yes. Like, I don't want to look back in five years and only be who I am today. All right. You all know right. what I mean? Like, for mm-hmm. me, it's all about growth. Like, I'm I'm constantly challenging myself to grow. And so you know as much as i may have been whatever at whatever point even if i was good i want to be great you know if i'm great i want to be excellent at something and so it's this process in life but here's the question what if you would have gone back to the school and the lockers still seem big
1: ah yes and that's, and that that's actually what i was about to say how if the lockers still look the same as they did Man. when I was that age, that means I never grew.
0: Exactly.
1: That, I ne- that means I never grew. And, that, and that's amazing to me how sometimes, you know, as Christians, we have struggles, we have, uh, you know, things that we go through, but we should be growing as Christians. And some things that we go through, we should not be going through those exact same things after we've been saved for 20 years.
0: It's like the whole come as you are, mm. you know, which turns into stay as you are. Ah. Because people will say that like, it's come as you are, right? <laughs> I'm like, well, you've been coming to church for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> like, at some point, the locker should look smaller. Wow. And think about it. That's what anything in life, though, That mm. that is. You know, we are obviously talking about Christianity and a relationship with the Lord and, you know, just church and what that's Mm -hmm. like. But this is life in general. Mm -hmm. Right. Like there's nothing that you want to go back to 20 years later Mm -hmm. and you like, man, I like it's the same. When I go back to the neighborhood I grew up in, stuff don't seem the same.
1: Right. That's right. You know, because why? Because you physically grew.
0: Exactly. The neighborhood is the same. It's in the same spot, like the same house. Right. But to that point, it's like you go back and things start looking and feeling different. Look, all based off the experiences that you've had Mm -hmm. since you left there. Wow. Wow.
1: You know, I I know you had uh, preached a message about David. Let's go back a little bit to David's experience with Goliath. Mm-hmm. Right now, remember when mm. David had took his brother some lunch or whatnot. I remember he was only, uh, I believe, a teenager at this time. Yes. And uh, he went out there and he asked what was going on. he heard this, this Philistine taunting God's people. And uh, he volunteered to go out there and fight him. And, and they all laughed. It's Crazy. They laughed at him. they like, wait, what? What gives you the right? But it was his perspective. Because he mentioned, look, to protect Man. my sheep, yep. I killed a bear and I killed a lion. Yep. So, who is this, in his words, uncircumcised Philistine?
0: I killed a bear, then I killed a lion with my bare hands. Ah. See, that's how I would rap right there. That that's the lyric.
1: <laughs> but amazingly, to him, he had outgrown Goliath. Man. Goliath wasn't as big to him as he was to them. Why? Because he had already faced things that were similar to Goliath.
0: So had he never been in the field tending to the sheep, Mm -hmm. he wouldn't have been prepared once he got to Goliath. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. just think of that. We talked about school. You graduate high school. Yes. Then you leave there and you go do things to prepare you for the rest of life. Wow. And if you skip steps, then there are some things that you won't be prepared for. I've been there. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, you know, I always call myself a late bloomer with certain things because I'm a great learner, but I'm not always a fast learner. Yeah. And that's something that I'm constantly working on because once I learn something, I am exceptional at it. Mm -hmm. But there are times in life where I'm like, well, you learned it. You know, four years too late, you know, or like four (laughs) years later than I would have wanted to. Something as simple as learning about finances. How many of us, you know, wait forever to learn about finances, to get serious about our financial situation. And then we find ourselves further behind than we would want to be, you know, than had we started right away. Had we graduated high school Mm -hmm. and then right away started preparing ourselves to go back to where the lockers look smaller. Mm. And, but for me, so many times in life, it's like, Oh no, that locker still, my, all my stuff still fit in there. Wow. Wow.
1: You know, when I went back to my high school, I did open up one of the lockers. Thief. And- <laughs>
0: <laughs> what you doing in them kids lockers? man?
1: It was nobody's locker. They didn't have a lock on it. Okay. I opened it. It was so tiny. And I, I literally was like, how did I fit my stuff in here? But back then, my stuff was different than the stuff I have Woo. now. My coat was smaller. Right? right. My book bag was smaller. My, I, didn't, I didn't have as many books. You know, everything
0: everything. When you changed. grow, everything about you grows. Yes. yes so it's yes. like everything about you now is too big for that locker. Mm-hmm. And, again, I think we have to look in the mirror and ask ourselves. Notice, this is what I love about growth in this situation you don't compare yourself to other people when you're talking about growth. Mm. Like your growth spurt Mm -hmm. is based on your previous height, your (laughs) weight loss or weight gain. Like if, you know, I know you lost some weight recently, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You don't go around quoting your weight loss based on my weight. Exactly. Your weight loss is based off of that. And so at the end of the day, it's the thing what that's what I love about growth is not competition. The only competition is you. And so when I say I want to grow from where I'm at today, I'm the baseline. Mm. So therefore, I'm not saying, hey, I want to be better than Lavelle today or I want to be better than the next person. today." It's like, no, like this where where you are now. And so here's my point with that. It doesn't matter where you are or who you are. You can grow yes. from where you are because the only competition is you. Wow,
1: when you said that, I I was in I was imagining a parent saying, "You know what? Your brother was four feet two when he was ten. <laughs> right? Why aren't you four feet two? I've never heard that before. Exactly. Because, like you said, you don't base someone's growth on someone else's growth. You base it on them. Exactly. Now, if you said to a person, if if I said to to my child, "Well, you were four feet two when you were 10. You're thirty now, why are you still four foot two? Then I can make that comparison
0: exactly because you're basing it on them right and notice this when you went back to the high school, you didn't go in the teacher's lounge
2: because mm-hmm.
0: you weren't a teacher right right, so you went back to your old stuff mm. to to quantify your growth, yes, because you could have gone in the teacher's lounge and maybe it was some lockers just big enough, and they fit, and you would have thought, oh, like this place is still. Mm-hmm. suitable enough for me. And mm-hmm. the, the point I'm making with that is when you're looking at other people and you're trying to base where you are in life on their things, mm-hmm. then you may end up in a in a place where you haven't grown, but you think you have. Ah, you know what I mean? Right, right. Or Or you've grown and you think that you belong in this place because you see some clothes that fit. You see a locker that fit. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, that wasn't your locker. Mm -hmm. You can't base your growth growth on other people. And I think that is so important, the environment that we allow ourselves to go into. And here's here's a question I'll ask you. If you go back to that school Mm -hmm. and you see that the locker that you've outgrown the locker, Mm -hmm. then what would make you stay there? Mm. What, what, what reason would a person have to go somewhere that they've clearly outgrown? Wow. Why would you stay? What, what would it take for you to use that locker? Or what would it seem like if you seriously use that locker that that's, that's that size? I can't even get it out.
1: No, that's, that's, that's a deep question. Like (laughs) you, you should, you have to move on. You have to, you have to grow. And you have to, okay, so so one of your favorite words is process. Process. Right. (laughs) Right. So let's go back. Let's use your analogy about the teacher's lounge. If I went into the teacher's lounge as a grown person, then I would find that those lockers were more suitable. But what if I had went into the teacher's lounge when I was in high school Mm. or junior high school? Man. It would have been more room than I would have, I wouldn't have had enough
0: stuff exactly
1: to fill the, <laughs> the locker.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. Like, and that again, man. That's to me the importance of you know not competing and not looking at where someone else is. I often will say, just about the Bible in general. Mm-hmm. When you look at different people's stories, God used them in different ways. What if Noah? You know, and I'm, okay, don't judge. I'm not dealing with timelines on this. Mm-hmm. I have to say stuff like this because people would be like, wait a minute, dot." that was. Disclaimer. Exactly. But what if Noah was looking at, you know, Abraham? David was looking at Noah. Daniel mm-hmm. was looking at, da- like, what if people would have been like, oh, no, like, Moses, like, don't use me to split the sea because that ain't how Abraham did it. Like, I got to do mm-hmm. it this way. And, and my point is like I think sometimes we even have to be careful when we're looking at other people who are doing good things mm-hmm. because that doesn't automatically mean that God wants to use you to part a seat. Mm-hmm. He might want to use you to build an ark. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. Or be a king. Mm-hmm. You know, and or a prophet or whatever it may be and I think what what happens in the age that we live in with social media and just access YouTube, all these things, we could see things about people, which causes us to covet, causes us to want to be them. And it's like, ooh, I want a locker like him. Wow. It's like, that locker's too small for you, son. Mm. you six 6'8 now. <laughs> right. <laughs> all
1: right, so Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7 says this. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Let your roots grow down into Him, and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Man, grow, grow. We have to let our roots grow in Christ. And then it says, then our lives will be built on him. So when we talk about growth, when we talk about growing, it is a process. And if you skip steps in a process, I think you did a whole show on that before about skipping steps in a process. You are not going to be as prepared for the next thing that you have to go through. Yeah. And that's why when we look back at that story of David. What prepared him to face Goliath, what actually put him in that position was the fact that he was doing what God told him to do, which was tending after his sheep. And in the midst of it, he ended up fighting off a bear, killing a bear, killing a lion. So to him, Goliath, Goliath. wasn't as big.
0: So here's the thing. Everyone wants to be a king, but not everyone wants to slay a giant. mm and I think when, when I talk about a process, oftentimes, that's really what I'm trying to lay out is there are these steps that you have to go through to get to where the Lord wants to take you. Mm-hmm. But I think the problem is, you know, it's kind of like how some prophets these days are do. You know, you go to somebody and tell them you're going to be a millionaire, a.k.a. you're going to be a king but you never tell them they're going to face a giant. Wow. You never tell them that they're going to have to kill a lion and a bear with their bare hands. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening is the person walks away. The 15 year old David walks away thinking, Hey, I'm, I'm the king. Wow. I, I, I've been told I was going to be a king. And, and I think what's commendable, you know, about someone like David is he wasn't thirsty to be the king. Mm -hmm. He was anointed. Mm -hmm. Samuel was sent by the Lord to anoint him. Mm -hmm. And so David was content with being in the field, tending to the sheep, right? He wasn't complacent, Mm -hmm. but he was content. And I think we have to find a way in the process to be content, even though we know, okay, Hey, I'm going somewhere greater, mm-hmm. but in order to get to my greater, I have to do what I'm doing now.
1: Mm. All right. So, well, I know one of your favorite biblical stories is the stories of the story of Joseph. Yes. So talk about that for a quick second. So Joseph has this dream that he is gonna be in this high position. So it's kind of I, I I never really looked at it as a Kind of like a contrast to David's story. David, like you said, was anointed to be king, but he still was content being a shepherd. But Joseph, on the other hand, had this dream that he was going to be in this high position of authority. And what happened? He kind of ran ran his mouth, told his brothers that he was going to be in this position, and he had to go through a process. I don't know if he wanted to go through, <laughs> through that process, but he did have to go through the process to get to the fulfillment of what God had called him to.
0: Yeah. And I, that's a great point to call out. Not him, not wanting to, mm-hmm. I don't believe he wanted to, mm-hmm. um, you know, I could fast forward all the way, you know, to where he was in prison interpreting dreams. Mm-hmm. And we've talked to talk before about gifts and purpose, right, right? Mm-hmm. his purpose doesn't change mm-hmm. just because he's in prison, right right um the gift come with our repentance we know that, but you know God had given him a spiritual gift that was you know like he said it like he like this ain't me right, right. interpreting these dreams. let me correct you that this is the Lord so I think what ends up happening is. When we go through processes, even if we don't want to go through them, which often we don't, right. including myself, mm-hmm. they, they create something in you, though. Yeah. They make you who you are. So what ends up happening? Do you have the perspective and the maturity that you have today if you had not gone through certain things? Mm. I'll think about sometimes for my life is like, and this is a weird thing maybe to say, but sometimes it's like, man, I I wish I wouldn't have made this mistake or that mistake. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, at the same time, would I have this perspective if I never felt what that felt like? Mm. Wow. And it's like, so if you take away that part of the process, then you're actually not even you no more now. Right. A car <laughs> goes through the proving grounds <laughs> So whenever a a new car comes out, you know, they have literally people who are paid to just drive cars around all day. My brother, um, Nehemiah, Mm -hmm. he had a job before. My dad has had these jobs where they will drive around for eight hours a day, literally a brand new car. And his job is just to get back and give You know, I'm sure they have a checklist. I don't know Mm -hmm. about the details, but give feedback on that car. My point is that that car has to go through a proving stage Mm -hmm. before it gets to the end consumer Mm -hmm. so that they can know that the car does what it's supposed to do. So sometimes for us, God has to send us to the proving grounds so that it can be clear that, yep, performance rated. Mm-hmm. You know, top of its class, all those ratings come because it was tested, right? Would Joseph
1: have been prepared if God had thrust him into that position of the dream that he had? No way possible, no way possible. and yeah. and it, and and it's the same with us. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. God gave you a dream, yeah, but you have to go through a process. You cannot just jump into it without preparation
0: you're not ready yet and and that's a great point because here's the thing if you get something before you're ready then it'll destroy you Mm. just think about like you know a trust fund or things or people that save Mm -hmm. have an account for their children that what that they can access at a certain age now think about why the age restriction
2: Mm -hmm.
0: why if you have $50,000 saved for your kid, Mm -hmm. why not give it to the seven-year-old? Wow. You love that seven-year-old, right? Uh Uh-huh. Nobody questions if a parent loves the Mm seven-year-old, but the parent also recognizes if I give this to them at seven, Mm -hmm. they don't have the perspective or the education and the knowledge or experience to even understand what $50,000 is. And guess what? They have to grow. They have to grow. They have to grow to get there. And that's what we have to do to understand, Lord, what what is my trust fund that God has for me? What's the thing that God has for me that is restricted until I reach a certain point of growth that he won't even let me see until I'm ready for it?
1: Sometimes true love is saying no. Exactly. If God... Truly loves us, then he is not going to. And I know we, you know, we quote the scripture a lot. You know, God won't put more on you than you can bear, and we always take that in the negative sense. I just read that today. That God, right? That God won't, you know, put on you any any bad thing. That's a great, that you're not able to bear. Oh, man. But I believe that it also means that he won't put good things on you that you're not able to handle.
0: One hundred percent, I believe that. Mm. I truly believe that, and. Man, that's such a great outlook on that, like, because we do that. Like, just like when we look at, you know, I could do all things through Christ. Like, Mm -hmm. I could be a base. I could be abound. Mm -hmm. Like, always like to point that scripture out because think about being abound. Mm -hmm. Paul was saying, even when I'm abound, Mm -hmm. Christ gives me strength. Yes. We think being abound means you don't need God. Wow. Like, I have everything. You know, it's like we still need God no matter what. And with Joseph, I think what we end up seeing with him, here's here's the best thing about the story of Joseph. Mm. It was that at the end of the story, he said that God did this to preserve life. Yes. The reason he had that perspective was because of everything he went through. Mm -hmm. Notice in the beginning when he was telling his brothers, he was only telling them to dream. Yes. But in the end, he was saying, God did this to preserve life. Mm -hmm. That is purpose. Wow. Wow. Okay, this is awkward. I'm used to kicking you out. I know, I don't
1: know how to leave. We got to figure
0: out how this works, man. Like. Oh, I know,
1: I know, I know. The intro music was dope. Can I have some outro music?
0: No, now you, now you, you know what? I'm too far. You taking it way <laughs> too far. At, at the absolute most, I might allow for the some of the intro music to play out at the end of this <laughs> until we get into the next segment. Thank you for joining the show today, brother. Appreciate it. Yo, God's people, Lavelle, finally got his own segment on the show. Another Lavelle, because he talking about he take the show to another level, you know what I'm saying? Had to get deep with it, flip the words. Another Lavelle, yeah. Give it up for my homeboy. I was getting tired of kicking that boy out. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed that. Look, we had a a great time recording his theme song. I brought him in the studio, and I was like, look, we going to call the segment Another Lavelle. He loved the idea. And then I was like, just sing that some kind of way. We turned it on. He sang it one good time. And that was it. The man is talented. Hit him up, kneeldownproductions.com. Don't sleep on them, people. And speaking of sleep, I got something to talk to y'all about in this next segment. You know what time it is. What in the world is up with people who go to sleep in public? Like, I'm talking on the bus, at the park. It's like you just sleeping at the wrong time. You know what I'm saying? Like, first of all, how you trusting all these people? I don't understand that. But let me tell you what happened to me. You know, me and Tiff, we go to the show. And, um, you know, we watching this movie. Pretty long movie, I guess you could say. And um, at some point, midway through the movie, I'm like looking out of my peripheral and I can kind of sense, you, you ever like feel somebody looking at you like you could feel it. Ain't that weird? I don't know what that is. Maybe I should kind of research and study that and try to figure out what is that called when you could just feel somebody looking at you and you look up and they really be looking at you. You know what I'm saying? So I had that kind of feeling. And um, I kind of like, you know, I kind of did what me and Tiff call this the creepy eye when I do this. And other people do this. You try to look at something out the corner of your eye and you end up looking real creepy doing that. So I'm giving um, this person next to me the creepy eye. And then I just decide to like go ahead and turn all the way around. Because I'm like, it feels like this person looking at me like. And it's weird because we in a movie theater. And, you know, they got the recliners now and all that. So, you know, we laid back and I'm asking myself, why would someone ever be looking, you know, to the side when the screen is in front of you? So, of course, I boss up and finally just go ahead and turn around and look at this person. And my man is sleep. I'm talking gone, like all the way sleep. But he facing me. And he like, you know, like I said, it's a recliner. So he kind of like facing me, but like curled up in a fetal position. Look, first of all, it just felt like I was violated, even though his eyes wasn't opening and he wasn't looking at me. In my mind, I'm like, bro, who you here with? Face the other way, because it looked like you might have been with them people. You know what I'm saying? Like you might have knew them. So my thing is like, first of all, you going to sleep at the wrong time. Like we at the show. I don't understand people who do that. I know some of y'all out there can do that too. I just, to me, it's just weird. It's like, why not just stay at the crib if you are sleepy? You know what I'm saying? Or maybe that means the movie was boring. I don't know. Whatever, whatever. So my man facing me, and is it weird that I was just uncomfortable? Like, bruh, like, why you sleep? right? I instantly just got mad. Like, why you sleep? Like, I wanted to wake him up. But I'm like, you can't really trust people at the show now. You know, I'm like, I don't want no crazy stuff to happen. So I'ma let my man sleep at the wrong time in the fetal position, facing me, not facing his cousin or his brother or whoever is on the other side. You know, so I'ma just sit here and be mad because this person is sleeping at me. Like he ain't looking at me. He's sleeping at me. And I don't know, it was just something about that I didn't like. But then here's what happened that was funny to me. Um, that's this comedian here, Horace, he say that. Funny to me. That's actually funny to me. Every time he says funny to me, I've seen him live a few times. He's a Christian comedian. Christian com- Why do I struggle to say word? Listen, stop struggling, Jermaine. We've been through this already. Christian comedian. It's not that hard to say. But that's his little tagline, and it's hilarious. So my man finally decides to wake up. And this is what's funny to me about people who fall asleep around other people or in public or something. Why is it that when people fall asleep around other people, they wake up and the first thing they try to do is act woke? Like, (laughs) your very first thing you do is like, my man like got up and gathered himself and grabbed his little snacks and just tried to act like he was paying attention. I'm like, bro, it's five minutes left in the movie right now. Please believe me, you don't know What's going on right now? But I don't know what is that like. Again, somebody tell me what that is. When you when you wake up and other people around, you don't want to look sleep. I think it's because of it this. You know, good and well, you were sleeping at the wrong time, so you try to act woke. I don't think you know you got to do weird stuff to be woke. I think you just got to be awake. You know what I'm saying? First of all, let's get the word right. Awake. You ain't woke. You awake. We gotta. Wake up, people, wake up, wake up, because we living in this world. And I'm for real now. Like, I feel like the church is just sleeping. Like we just lounging around on serious issues. Like it's stuff happening right before our eyes and we treating it like it ain't nothing. And it reminds me of the disciples when they went to sleep on Jesus. Look, let's go to it real quick. Matthew 26 and 40. Let's just start there. A couple scriptures. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, this Jesus talking. So could you not watch with me one hour? Like Jesus is like, you couldn't even stay up with me just for a little while. And you got to understand what's happening now, because this is right before Jesus is betrayed and, you know, is about to be taken to be crucified. And his thing is like, yo, if you can't stay up with me right now, it's not just the fact that can you stay up for an hour? It's like, understand the times you live in church, understand the times we live in now is not the time to play around. I talked earlier about, you know, being a fan of the wrong thing and stuff, and we are allowing ourselves to be fans of stuff that we really should be disgusted with, especially in this day and age, because the same thing you're a fan of is destroying your family. It's destroying your children. It's destroying you. And you might not even know it. Self-inflicted wounds, but we too busy being fans of the things that's killing us. And so at the end of the day, what am I saying? Let's wake up. Don't try to act woke. Don't like try to shuffle and act like and like look and it's crust in your eyes and you looking like, I'm awake. Oh, this a good movie. And if somebody asks you two questions, you don't know what it was about. It's kind of like when people be like, church was good. And you like, for real, yeah, church was good. What pastor preach about? Church was good. And you like, huh? Church was good. Yeah, but I'm saying, what scripture did he read from? Church was good. Church was good. Church was good. Uh-huh. Church was good. Church was good. What? Listen, we ain't got to act woke when you really awake. You feel me? You feel me? It's time to get social. Yeah.
2: Let's get social. Yeah. It's time to get
0: social. Yeah. Come on. Let's get social. Yeah. Let's get social. Yeah. Let's get social. Yeah. Let's get social. Guys, people, yeah. y'all know it's time to head over to my Facebook page. Jermaine James, Jermaine James, every other week we saying the same thing. Hey, Jermaine. Anyway, here's the first post. I said, it's tough to watch a family member waste their life. This had 114 likes, 21 comments, and 19 shares. Pretty straightforward. You can't live your life for other people, no matter how much you love them. And if we want to be real, sometimes that's a little tough because when you love someone, you want to see the best for them. So if you have a family member that's on drugs or, you know, dealing with depression or anything, sometimes you want them to get it. Like, you know, you're trying to give them a pep talk or whatever it is. And like the reality is sometimes it doesn't work and you have to put it in God's hands. You know, that's just part of life you know, part of the imperfections and flaws in this world, you know, but I tell people all the time, like, if I get a personal trainer and they do all the sit-ups, yeah, they'll have abs. No matter how much they like me or love me, if they're a family member or a close friend, they can't give me their abs. No matter how hard you try, you can't give that effort to someone else. And that's just part of what we have to deal with in this life. And we have to be praying about that, seeking the Lord in our word, and just finding ways to cast those cares upon the Lord. All right, next post, 160 likes, 37 comments, six shares. Here's what I said, and this has the laughing emojis. I should, you know, point that out. Celebrities be out here giving the worst advice, and y'all just be taking it. (laughs) Look, the reality is this kind of goes, you know, into what I was saying earlier About what we are a fan of. Sometimes I'm, you know, perplexed and intrigued, if you will, at how people take advice from celebrities who struggle in the same area that they're giving advice in. So it's like, oh, your favorite singer is on their third or fourth marriage, but they're giving out relationship advice on some talk show and you just eating it up, reposting it and all this. Meanwhile, you can have you know, some faithful man or woman of God in your life that's been married for 30 years to the same person and they're giving you all the advice in the world and you're like, y'all just don't understand. You don't get it. And then such and such, I ain't gonna, I'm trying not to say no names. They can come on the talk show and say, think like a man, act like a woman, whatever. And you like, woo, that's what I gotta do. Anyway, listen, I know we are fans of people, fans of their singing, their acting and all of that. But just because a person can sing doesn't make them a relationship expert. And we have to keep that in mind when celebrities are giving us advice about our lives and all this stuff. Look, man, we need to seek wise counsel. We need to be in the word of God, in the word of God. Hey, hey, in the word of God, in the word of God. God, God, God. God, 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 God. Last one. All right. This also had the laughing emojis. Let me say that so y'all know I was out here joking. You know, people don't get all offended. 118 likes, 52 comments. Had a lot of little talking here and five shares. Here's what I said. People will buy their kids name brand shoes and no name diapers. You know why I said that? Because it's all about our priorities, keeping them straight as parents, even though I'm not a parent. But my thing is, there are so many important things that kids need to be learning as they're growing up and really what people focus on and like their appearance and clothes and shoes that doesn't really set a kid up for success. On top of that, as someone who doesn't have kids, I'm looking like, wow, people buying their kids expensive shoes and the kid foot growing every week. So it's like you spending a lot of money. I think that kid would rather have that money in like their trust fund or savings account or let's say diapers, and I had a lot of people in my comment like, "But the Walmart diapers is the best ones." And all I heard was, church was, "Church was good," and you know the ones who say church was good are the main ones who would sleep in church. Man, I hope that's not me. Listen, hopefully y'all had a great time today. It is time to pray ourselves out. Then we gonna get the J. Will music song of the day. So Lord, we coming before you thank you father for this day thank you lord for these people and this opportunity to speak to them lord god i pray that you meet their needs lord god wherever it is lord we're in different spaces and different phases and we need to grow lord god and lord help us to grow from where we are i pray for the people out there lord god who are struggling lord god and comparing themselves and contrasting to everyone that they're around lord god And help us, Lord God, when we're dealing with that, that we may understand that our growth is based on our height, our weight, where we are, Lord Jesus. Help us spiritually, Lord, to be awake, to be alert as your church, Lord God, and not to slumber and walk around sleeping, Lord God, sleepwalking, Lord God, not knowing what's really going on in this world. I pray, Lord God, that you wake us up from being blinded fans, Lord God, and have us, Lord God, to be leaders in the salt of the earth, Lord God. It is time for the church to awaken and grow. And I pray for your people today, Lord God. That you meet all of their needs, Lord God, according to your will. And it is in your Son, Jesus' name, that we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Listen, God's people, it is time for the J. Will music song of the day. And today, we are going all the way back to my first album entitled The End is the Beginning of Forever. And this song is entitled Music Can't Save the world that's right if you want to be saved you're gonna need jesus the world so we feel like if we make music just like this, then maybe we'll get I live in generation music what people call it life Let me get this out the way, you can call it what you like But me, quite frankly, I'ma give my life to Christ And call music music at the end of the night Don't be twisting up my words and say I'm saying what I ain't See, music serves purposes like edifying saints Like praising and worshiping amongst other things But I'm trying to help you see that ain't the only thing you bring with the medium holy sprite cups in the lids that's how they view their life so we see a lot of that but god judges the ice i'm pouring out music and filling up christ my cup is running over it happens like every time if you still feeling thirsty and haven't been satisfied take a sip of prayer rain. i've never music seen it no the world. Yeah. turn me up loud yeah. turn me back down cause music can't in the church, PK, praise team leader, keeping God first, then her friends introduced her to a hot producer, music took over, no more hallelujahs, no more grace amazing, music really changed her, not the same girl I know, now she's just a stranger, now she's just a girlfriend to another
2: rapper, fell in love with music, wondering what happened, can't say it's turn me up louder, turn me back Music can't save the world
0: Give me all the Till you can touch up the scroll Music can't save the world Give me singing Ooh, in the background oh, 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 oh. Music can't save the world You'd be better off turning the songs off And reading the word Because music can't save the world oh, Guys, people, that song is entitled Music Can't Save the World That was from my very first album, The End is the Beginning of Forever, produced by James Shelton. What up, J. Shell? Yeah. Music can't save the world, you know that. Check that album out right now on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere else. I love y'all. 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 God's people, thank you for listening to today's show. Look, if you have feedback, you want to let me know what's on your mind? you got a topic you want to hear, or you just want to let me know what you thought about today's show, it's easy. Shoot me an email. You can catch me at JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com. Again, Jermaine Wilson Music. It's all one word. Let me know what you think. And you like this show, don't you? So you know what you want to do? You want to listen to it at work. You want to listen to it in the gym. Do me a favor. Just search Inspire God's People. You can google it, you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere else you listen to music or podcasts. You know what else? You should share this show with someone. Why? Cuz it's a good show. And if you don't like this show, just act like you like it. 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 Act like you like